What's up, heretics? It's the Religion of Speed podcast, the show for car nerds by car nerds. I am Matt Overstreet. I am Chris Huffman. And I'm Hamza. Yes. Well, I'm not even going to introduce you now. You're just part of the podcast <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Um, so I want to get right to it because uh, apparently all of us are having weird digestive issues today. I don't know what the fuck is going around. Maybe we all have COVID. Again. Maybe. Maybe I'm not having now. weird digestive issues. Oh, well, you will soon. You're getting Panda Express. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> It's only because you're at home. That's why. Yeah. Your body's like covered. It, it knows what to expect. We're all like, mm, no service. Might need a toilet soon. Right. Yeah, it's, but- it's always when you're away from home. That's when it's always the worst, right? We do have a great... That, like, I couldn't think of a better bathroom to shit in. <laughs> <laughs> no, the fact that the garage has a bathroom is such a selling point. It's yeah. amazing. With its own urinal, right? Yeah, the urinal kind of surprised me the first <laughs> time we saw like, it. Like, who's going to be in there going to the urinal while someone's in the toilet? Like, it's, <laughs> right? Like, it's, it's, also, that urinal is way too tall. Yeah, it is. It is. You're like, telling me, is. dude, I'm 5'5". Five five. <laughs> right? I know, because even I'm just like, this is kind of ha- tall, and I'm like, I can't imagine what Yeah, you're, you're the tallest one here. I've got to be on my tiptoes to not make a mess. <laughs> we, we need a little uh, a step stool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 100% down. Yeah. <laughs> All right, if you didn't notice by now, this is an automotive podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so let's talk about some cars. Um Actually, me and Hamza, I want to get started with that. Just uh, two days ago, we finally went out. Well, I finally went out. You returned to High Plains Raceway here in Colorado. Uh, it was my first time being there, and holy crap, yeah, I, I'm sad I didn't get to that track sooner. That is an awesome track. Yeah, it's it's my favorite place. I mean, I, I know we go to PPIR a lot, but there's a reason to go to PPIR, right? There's there's actual competitive, quote-unquote, I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it's cheap at PPIR. We love it. We love the people there, obviously. But High Plains is like, it's only about an hour or 15 from here. Um, yeah, it's about the same t- travel time, honestly. Maybe a little you know, shorter. It's not Circuit of, the, Circuit of the Americas. It's not a world-class track by any no. stretch of the imagination. But the surface is great. I, I mean, except for the back straight gets a little bumpy. but Yeah, it definitely <laughs> does. Like I said, that seam, like there's that seam that runs the whole length of it. And then mm-hmm. if you catch that, especially with the Fiesta with those narrow tires, it just drags you yeah. over to the side. Actually, yeah. front straight was doing that to me too. Was really? Like, I was tram lining a little bit. That's, I mean, that could get scary. I, right? I know I was complaining in the back straight that uh, once I would hit a certain speed that my rear end felt like it was just floating and I was just kind of dragging it with my, oh, it's front wheel drive. So that so makes you sense. are, yeah, you're yeah, always technically dragging what's it. happening. <laughs> um, but it, it shouldn't feel like it. It shouldn't <laughs> feel like it. Yeah. yeah that it was, that uh, doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. No, but it's, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I, I've been there before and the track gets resurfaced quite often. I think every year a, diff, a different part of the track is repaved. And um, if you know anything about, you know, road, Create, you know, building roads and paving. It's super expensive. Even if you were just to do a driveway, it could be you oh, know, yeah. tens yeah. of thousands of dollars. So a almost three-mile road course track that's really wide, uh, if you didn't notice. There's yeah. quite a lot of room. It's it's wide, but like you said, it's not like Circuit of the Americas wide. No. It's not like FIA uh, regulated wide. Yeah. But, and there's like there's no real runoffs per se. It's just dirt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but, but that's also the nice thing. If you, if you go off track, you're, you're not going to hit anything. You're just going right. to get a little dirty and just do some lawn. Yeah. Well, not even lawn. I mean, they call it high plains raceway cause it's East of Colorado. And if, any listeners haven't ever been to Eastern Colorado. It's just desert plains. It's yeah. just more Kansas. It's just Kansas. It's yeah. just higher yeah. elevation Kansas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and right now with the lack of water they're getting, it was just, uh, you know, just brown out there. Mm. So, yeah. um, lots, lots of dust. But yeah, no, I really like that track. It, it's, it's way more of a roller coaster than you would expect. Yeah, the elevation change is probably my favorite part. And I think I talked about Turn Nine. Um, that kind of downhill corkscrew before the actual downhill corkscrew yeah. into the front straight is a really fast part of the track. It, um, I think turn nine is definitely my favorite, like turn nine into turn 10 that, and I think it's like nine, a nine B or what the other turns are called. I really love the corkscrew just because it's like our, our mini Laguna Seca. Yeah. Really? So it feels like the, it, it's not nearly that much of a drop, but it is a little, you know, left-hander drop into a right and another left you know it's a really quick little corkscrew oh that's cool elevation changes make a track yeah 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 that's the big thing about ppir and i i do love that track but it's it's short it's mostly an oval you know 
you got the infield course, which mm -hmm. goes by pretty quick. Um, and it's flat, you know? So the, the fact that this has the elevation gain and the, the blind crests over the, the left-hander there, you know, is that turn nine? Or that's... No, um, I, that's further... Uh, seven. In. Yeah. I think it's turn eight, that really yeah, sharp yeah. one. Yeah, sharp, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. Uh, I, try, I was trying to remember my, my corners because, uh, yeah, they all have, the, they have these, you know, bunkers out there with the lights. They don't do flags. They have lights out there. Yeah, which is really cool, I think. Yeah. It's a little different, yeah. Do they have breaking distance markers? They do. Yeah. Yeah, they have them. Uh, they have yellow um, kind of like plastic markers that are sticking out of the ground, but they also have paint on the uh, on the side, like a big block of white paint, and there's... It's it's really cool. See, um, that that's cool. That that helps me like when I'm at a new track, really adjust in and you know mm -hmm. not feel like I'm gonna fly off the end of a corner if I see those markers coming. You right. know, I because you kind of get a little bit more brave and a little bit more brave as you've been <laughs> driving around. You're like, how late can I break into this corner? Yeah, and you've actually got quantitative marks so you know where you need to put the put the breakdown. So Matt, you you put up like a really really impressive time in in the Fiesta. Um, I thought, like, I thought you were f flying. I mean, it was a, yeah, I got a, this was according to, uh, to Track Addict, which we've talked about before. It's GPS-based. It's just the GPS of my phone, so it's maybe not the most accurate, but according to that, I put down a 212-185, and I know people out there don't really have that much of a reference, but, like, a, a two-minute time at that track is, like... It's really fast. It's insane fast. Yeah. So, if, well, um, so we could talk about um, one of our friends, Sun Chen, who has put down a sub-two-minute in his um, M3 coupe, which is, like, on... And I think this was on stickies. I, 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 I want like to say... Slicks. Yeah, full slicks, yeah. I, I want to say he's done a sub-two-minute lap on uh, maybe, like, Yoko's or maybe some um, Rivals or something. Yeah. Uh, and he was blown away by the fact that he did that. So, um, but yeah, like the fast guys, like 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 uh, Henry Brodel, right? He he's put down like a two hundred three there, in, yeah, uh, like in an S two thousand that we saw. Um, so, yeah, so two twelve yeah. on a, a car with two fifteens that the, yeah. my brakes were constantly overheating. Yeah. Um, which I want I want to talk about that. I think I figured out what's going on with the Fiesta there. But uh, you though in the GTI managed to beat me. Uh, by, <laughs> yes, yeah, finally. <laughs> finally. Um, uh, but you know, it took me a hundred more horsepower and and uh, two and a half miles of track. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but you you possibly did a two oh seven, but the GPS may have been messed yeah. up with that. So I, we're going with a two eleven. I've recorded a a, a two oh six there in the Velocity Turbo, literally the day that I blew it up, <laughs> which <laughs> had nothing to do with that this the speed. <laughs> um, at that track anyway and so that was the last time i was at that track so when i went out there on the first like it we we, we were in the slow group so we got the first run out um and i hopped in the car and i, I was out there there's literally nobody yeah you were the, and, i think you were the second person out there and yeah and so i just put the hammer down and when i came back in i saw the 207 but the gps i mean it was all over the place like there were 133 fixes that like, like records the, the the adjustments it makes oh yeah i just don't i just don't think that I, it just didn't feel that fast. There's, yeah. there's no way. Well, and you so. never got like you were like two eleven, two twelve. Yeah. So then, the yeah. The so then I couldn't get any closer to it. So that's yeah. So yeah. I mean, I'm totally fine with the two eleven being back for the first time in a year. Um, and especially yeah, but as much as you know, the Veloster was. You would people might think a, a two in GTI be faster than the Veloster. That Veloster was insane fast. Yeah. So this was when the engine. Or sorry, before the engine was built, but it had the the the, the turbo upgrade. It had the differential. I mean, not that the GTI doesn't have any of that. Um, it's just I'm yeah, still coming back from blowing up a car at this track. And the last time I was out there, I put out a I think a 214 with the SCCA um, uh, time trials guys. Okay. And, um, so a 214 in traffic. And then a 211 on an open lapping day totally makes sense to me. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, and again, I'm super happy with it. And uh, next time I go out there, which hopefully was, is within a few weeks, I can get down into the sub tens, and I'll again, I'll be super happy. So yeah, uh, Ryan Dussex has been trying to. He, there's a the SCCA or no, it's a Track Night in America mm -hmm. uh, next Thursday. Yeah, which he posted after we had bought already bought tickets. I was like, oh fuck, I'd rather go yeah. to that honestly. And, be with those guys, but I don't have that kind of yeah, money to spend. Also, for anybody who uh, we invited <laughs> to this track <laughs> night, never for not showed showing up. up. <laughs> it was just a Matt and Hamza bro date. So. <laughs> it's all right. We needed a bro date. It's yeah. true. 
but uh, yeah, next time, uh, Huffman, you really need to bring the yeah. FRS out. Yeah, I couldn't take any more time off this month. Those damn day jobs, man. I know. They just eat up all your time. But I'm looking forward to getting out there. What Now, Hamza said you, you were uh, top of third gear at the end of the straight. Uh, uh, no, I was fourth. I was you were in fourth? fourth? Yeah. Okay. I was in fifth. So you got to fifth, which is yeah. awesome by contrast of doing all of PPIR in second gear. Right, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, actually being able to heel-toe downshift into a corner and, you know, get your braking zones set up and everything that that was one thing that i was thankful for at this track is i really got to practice my heel toe downshifting mm-hmm. a lot which, which we don't really ever do at, yeah we, we don't do a track attack and even open lapping at ppir like there's only that coming off the roval or off the oval into the infield that's the only spot you really downshift that's that's it because then you're in the infield and i'm pretty much in the same gear the whole time so i, I never really got that much practice with it at, at speed you know and so I got a lot more practice with that. And yeah, like I started, I mean, I started the day at like two and a half minutes, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's just learning the course. I had done it in uh, a set of Corsa and I, like I told Hamza, I was like, uh, I was going to do a bunch of practice in a set of Corsa. And of course I didn't, I didn't turn yeah. a single lap that week before <laughs> I went. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm super happy with a, a 212. I think there's a 210 somewhere in that car. If I really put it together as is. But uh, unfortunately, I was having <clears throat> unfortunately I was having braking problems the whole time, and I think I figured out uh, on the Fiesta ST it has a torque vectoring system which grabs the inside wheel uh, with the brakes, yeah, the front inside to kind of help you rotate. Yeah, which is great. It's part of what makes that car so fun and nimble. Uh, but when you're on track and you're turning a lot, it's constantly grabbing one of those brakes, one either your left or your right. Uh, front inners, whatever your corner you're doing. And also I'm just not that gentle on the brakes. So you combine those and I'm just overheating the brakes constantly. Yeah, it's overworking it, which I mean, if you're braking from speed, you really shouldn't be that gentle on the brakes, you know, just don't lock them up. Right, and I, I mean, I've been pushing the braking zones like crazy. Like that, that's the, I think the only reason I was really that close to Hamza, cause like he has so much more power, but I was definitely like, every braking zone i'd catch up to you and then you'd pull away from me (laughs) oh that's cool i i love seeing a race where braking where one person can outbreak and the other person is out accelerating like that uh like last year grid life yeah Yeah. watching that z pass that j swap brz that was so neat we literally watched one of the best live racing i've ever seen in my life it was yeah it was so perfect every lap you could just see him gaining a little bit and you're like oh he's gonna fucking get him he just gotta get him in this braking zone you know yeah that, that was that was awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, so I think brake upgrades are in store for the Fiesta. Also, I think I need a clutch. You think? Yeah, because I lost clutch again. Oh, like, so we can do a front-wheel drive and a rear-wheel drive clutch swap in the shop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, uh, my buddy Tony had a, a good point that he posted on Instagram. He was like, well, if you're going to be pulling the trans anyways, you might as well put a limited slip diff in it. That is a valid point. And I'm like, fuck, yeah. this is going to get expensive. Well, yeah, but you've been talking about wanting an LSD and that thing for a while. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it will get expensive. That's the nature of the hobby, right? That's why my 240 is still not up here because I was like, oh, I'm going to take this apart. I'm like, well, while I'm doing this, I might as well do these 10 things. Right. Who's doing, or like, uh, what are the options? Is it like Quaif? Do they make a... Uh, Quaif makes one. Uh, also, this company called M Factory. Oh yeah! Oh, oh yeah. yeah! Totally. Yeah, it makes. Yeah. A we used to we sell know M Factory. Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> nice. Uh, I think it's just a Quaif knockoff, honestly. Uh, when it comes down to it, it's the same thing. They were easy to easier to get a hold of than the Quaifs. Yeah. So the M Factory uh, diff, which is a uh, helical diff, just like the Quaif. Mm-hmm. Queef, whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> probably not queef. Don't call it that. Uh, I don't think they'd be happy about that. No, probably not. We're, we're going to ruin any sponsorship opportunity yeah. from them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, it's only like uh, 650 bucks through Woosh Motorsports. Oh, nice. Which isn't bad. The Quaif is like 1200 bucks. Yeah. So I'm like, a lot, a lot of the Fiesta guys run them because a lot of the Fiesta guys are broke. Yeah. So they buy the cheaper parts. Well, and with Helical, you don't have to worry about the clutches going out. Right. You do apparently have to worry about the uh, if you get wheel lift or if you like if it one of the tires comes off the ground, it loses its ability yes, to do that. Yes, it does. I have a helical diff in my 240, and if I and you know obviously it's on coilovers, and if I try to go over a bump, I've gotten to the point where I literally can't move forward before, and I have to rock back and use the momentum to clear because if one of my back wheels comes off the ground, 
it just behaves like an open differential. Yeah. It's weird. Um, I wouldn't, um, man, well, you remember the, the noises that the clutch type made in yeah. the roster. It, that thing was clackety as fuck. Yeah. So I, that's that's a crazy trade-off. Like, which one do you go? <laughs> the right. one you want to suffer through? Noise? I mean, race cars, who cares? But I mean, I do occasionally lift the, uh, the front tire because mm -hmm. I'll hit a curb and bounce it a little bit or something. But I don't think it's that big of a deal. And also, I think that will actually uh, complement the um, torque factoring system. Yeah. Oh. So one of the things that uh, Quave and M Factory say is like if you're gonna run into a situation where you're like that, you have one wheel off the ground. Yeah. Next time, just just give it just a little bit of break. Just give the that tire just a little bit of resistance. Oh, so the because that's all it takes is a little bit of resistance. Yeah, and then it'll transfer power the way it's supposed to. See, that's that's interesting. And you know, I, I was kind of like because I I bought my helical diff just off of some dude. Okay. So when I put it in, I'm like, one wheel spin in the opposite direction. Like, did he screw me over? Is this just an open <laughs> diff? <Is this> open <laughs> diff. <laughs> and the first thing you know, I did when I put it on, I started, I kicked it, uh, kicked the clutch to do donuts in one direction. And I was like, okay. And I kicked it to do the uh, to go in the other direction because with an open diff, you can drift one way beautifully. Oh yeah. And then the other direction, it won't. It, it, won't it doesn't lock want up. to. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, under force, when there's weight on it, it's fine. Okay. Um, but I have definitely struggled to pull in and out of some driveways before. Yeah, but I think that's where the torque vectoring will actually be beneficial to that because when you're turning, the, the tire that's going to come off the ground is going to be your inside one if you do lift it at all, if you had a curb. Yeah. And that's the one that's going to be getting uh, some brake pressure. And so, that'll give you just the resistance you need to make it work. Right. So I think that'll actually work really well. Uh, I don't think that'll really help the brake uh, heat thing, uh, but in that case, it's just time to get a giant brake kit and some ducting and just try to dissipate that heat a lot better. Yeah. Floating rotors and yep. yeah. <coughs> yeah. That's going to be fun. Um, Bless you. Can... It's going to be fun, but it's going to be expensive. You good? Yes. Okay. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Mochi's not even here. I know. Right. It's the bats. Oh, <laughs> you know what though? This, I mean, I have three cats and they used to sit oh. all over this thing and I didn't really clean this up before we brought it in. Yeah, well, so, why would you? It's in a garage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. If anything, it's gotten more dirty. Yeah, definitely don't cater to my sneezing because then we'll never do anything. Mm. <laughs> We're just a bunch of old broken men at this yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> We're only in our 30s. Can you imagine what 40s is going to be like? Oh, man, I don't want to. I just hope I die before that. I <laughs> <laughs> hope the climate wars come before then. <laughs> right. All right. Well, that's enough talking about us, even though I love talking about us. It's my favorite part. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about some stuff that's been going around the internets for a minute. Uh, I, we got to talk about the, we're, we're definitely not a diesel podcast and we're not redneck enough for this, but the, the fact is diesels are getting out of control with these dyno competitions and the new record is now, what was it? 3,336 horsepower and 3,642 foot pounds of torque. That is outrageous. Right? I, I think this was a, uh, Duramax. That did this, which was even crazier. I would think this would have been like a Cummins or something, honestly. You see, I want to see him do something with this other than be on a dyno. Right. Like, I get it's a dyno competition, but we were talking about tractor pulls. Yeah. Or a tug-of-war competition or drag was, racing. Or, you know, pulling a shipping boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, like, this is crazy. Where was that guy when that uh, shipping boat got stuck in That's the canal? Right. Yeah, That's we needed right. him. Yeah, we needed him. Functional yeah. <laughs> power. Yeah, people. the entire world economy stagnated because we didn't have the right diesel, bro, in the right place. <laughs> is there even a tire sticky enough to make that work? Uh, probably not. I mean, I mean he's, I'm sure he knows Cletus. He looks like he knows Cletus. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's posted to 1320 video, so, you know, it's probably, it's, it's all those same people. If your tongue is out and you have an earring in your left ear and you drive that truck, <laughs> right? you know Cletus. You look like you uh, no, this is every drink Mountain Dew for breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> this is every redneck bro that I grew up around. Uh, which that was another thing we were just talking before the show about, you know, this guy needs to go to a tractor pull. And you didn't know what a tractor pull was. I had, I'd never been to one. Yeah, You're from the yeah. south, I'm from Tennessee. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, mean, I should be ashamed. <laughs> you really should. I spent my time getting barbecue and eating tomatoes. <laughs> tomatoes. Yeah, he's he's been on this tomato kick. So so Granger County, Tennessee, is famous for its tomatoes. They make these big hamburger steak tomatoes, and they're they're supposed to be. They claim that they're world famous for them. I've never um, heard of them. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> and maybe it's just a claim, but there's not a whole lot in Granger County. 
um, except these hamburger steak tomatoes. Fair. Um, our, it, our buddy Isaac, uh, the guy who has that Cadillac CTS that won't stop leaking coolant, which yeah. I guess isn't very specific. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> he, he, uh, he's from Bean Station, which is in Granger County. Bean Station? Yeah, they, they hold the world record for the largest pot of beans. <laughs> Wow, this is getting more American by the second. <laughs> okay, there was a town south of where I grew up that had a, a you know, fair every year. That was the county fair. And literally every year they would crown the bean queen. Because <laughs> I grew up around soybeans. <laughs> so the bean queen would ride on the float, waving to everybody through town. This is some fucking redneck shit. Did she, right did she have a giant bean-shaped crown on her head? Oh, uh, she had a giant bean somewhere. <laughs> it is June. It's Pride Month. I'm just saying. Oh, God. The bean queen. The bean, the bean queen. queen. And then we'd go to the tractor poles and the demolition derbies. And yeah, this is this is what I grew up around. See, I'd love to go drive in a demolition derby. That sounds amazing. So the, the one in Sedgwick County that I've been to, you, which is uh, like three hours away from here, um, you can win like $10,000. Yeah, there's if you're the last man standing? <laughs> yeah, it's like a good chunk of money. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the people that do these a lot of times get really into them. I remember... The first dealership I ever worked for was a, a Chevy dealer, and I was just doing detailing. You know, I was in high school or just out of high school, I think. Uh, but the manager there, service manager, was building a demo derby car, and they would actually overbore the engine, and then like a little bit, and then stick the regular pistons back in it, so it would run like absolute dog shit under good conditions. But as soon as the radiator got taken out and things started to overheat and everything started to expand like crazy, it would run better. Wow. That's awesome. It's like an SR-71 Blackbird. Yeah. <laughs> it only works right at Mach 2. <laughs> right. Right. All the seals expand. <laughs> SR-71 Blackbird in like a rodeo yeah. dirt <laughs> arena. <laughs> uh, that's a great comparison. This guy's a fucking smashed up old Caprice. It's like an SR-71 Blackbird. <laughs> <laughs> cool in the frame rails. <laughs> that's, that's the best juxtaposition I've ever visualized, ever. Oh, oh, man. But yeah, no, they really, they really got into it, you know, and... Uh, they had to make rules about like you could only like brace the car so much and stuff like that because people would like weld the frame like weld big steel plates under the frame and shit. Right, right. Like I'm wondering what the limits are. Can you put just like a giant boxing glove on your radiator support? <laughs> mm. I mean, trust me, it's just like any form of racing. If there mm. isn't a rule against it, people will try to work around that rule. And. That sounds yeah. That sounds like until so much the fun. rule is written because of you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Which you should consider that an honor. Yeah, right. Which, yeah. Absolutely. So absolutely. when you discover a new species of animal, uh, <laughs> you get to name it after whatever you want. <laughs> if a rule gets made because of something you did, you should be able to name the rule. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. it should be like Huffman's rule because nobody else. Are you listening? Thought FIA? to do that. Are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so. This is in the type of news of like unnecessary technology advances, in my opinion. Uh, digital license plates, which on the surface, I'm kind of like, okay. I mean, if you want to change your license plate number or you want to do a custom license plate or you yeah. want to do like a custom background, eh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice. It'd be easy. The police are chasing you and you just want to duck down a side road and change the number. Yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, but, of course, they're loading up with a bunch of technology that doesn't fucking need... So these digital license plates, supposedly, will be able to know and link to like government account, you know, and will know if you don't have insurance or if which you shouldn't be driving without insurance anyways. Right. Uh, but if I am, I don't want it to turn orange so I get pulled over. Right. <laughs> or if your tags are expired, it'll right. like flash green or something. Yeah. You know? um, and also they have GPS tracking on them, which is. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. No, yeah. like if I. If I want to put a GPS tracker on my car, so that way I can track it in case it gets stolen, that's one thing. But I don't need the government knowing where I am at all fucking times, and then telling my insurance company also where I'm at all the fucking right, time and what I'm doing. They'll adjust your rates because of that. Right. Yeah, and how fast you got there. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Or that you're at the track. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. If you don't have tracking Which, insurance. Which, yeah, that, that's another thing. Like, if you're at a racetrack and you can go as fast as you want, and they just use... Uh, you know, an average data of how fast you mm -hmm. travel, 
that's going to increase your insurance rates. Yeah. Um, it's like these the progressive snapshot. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason we have progressive, and I've totally like I, I yeah. opted out. They're like, yeah. oh, it'll save you X amount of dollars. And I was yeah, like, yeah, it's like no, it I won't. I don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> no. My State Farm guy was like trying to convince me about that. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, listen, man, like I, 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 I don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on insurance, and they tried to sell me on that. They didn't even um, ask me. They quoted me an insurance rate, including that. Yeah, and I was like, oh well, no, no, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want you to track me. And then I was like, well, can you describe to me what these parameters are? What will change my rate? And they're like, in going over 80 miles an hour. Hard break. Hard break. Yeah, hard breaking. If you're driving at the wrong time of night, if you're driving between 3 and 5 a.m., they will increase your insurance rates. What? Yes. Wow. I mean, I'm on Geico, and they haven't, I mean, maybe they just know better. <laughs> they're like, just, they're just like, like we don't even want to know. Buy that. <laughs> yeah. We all have different insurances. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. that is, that is huh. strange. Yeah. Uh, I tried getting when I was trying to get insurance for Iggy. I was just trying to get like the cheapest insurance I could. Right. So I found this company called Root that does like oh, super yeah. cheap insurance. Yeah. So the way they do that is you download their app on on your phone, and that's your insurance app, and it tracks and you it everywhere tracks you go you. and yeah. what your GPS speeds and all that kind of stuff. It tracks everything you do, and that's how they get such cheap insurance rates because they're selling your data. Yep. Oh, good thing that yep. these license points. I'm. Mean, this is. It's. It's crazy to me. I mean, well, good thing we don't carry anything in our pockets that tells everybody where we're at all the time. I know. <laughs> I know. It, it's, it's. It's one give, of those things. Like it's giving them the permission. But to be honest with you, like, you have to physically turn like some of that stuff. Like with iOS, you know, like mm-hmm. you you can't. Like, well, they, they say can't that. Train. True. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, I have all that say. stuff turned off on all my accounts, you know, and uh, my Google stuff uh, right through Verizon. Verizon was tracking me without even fucking telling me, by the way. If you have uh, Verizon, uh, Google it that they're tracking you and selling your data, and you have to go to their website and opt out of this, by the way. So wow, just, like in your account information. Yeah, exactly. No wonder just, you wanted to do the Google Fi account. Yeah, I really did, but uh, I might be going with somebody else. Anyways, uh, yeah, the fact is... Yes, my phone is probably tracking me everywhere, even though I've disabled that. But I don't want to just, I'm not, I don't want to just be like, yeah, sure, track me wherever. You yeah, know? it's different when it's in government. Yeah. yeah. You know, I hate to oh, say yeah. this, but I do trust a tech company more than my local DMV with my data. I don't trust either of them, honestly. I don't, I don't <laughs> trust either one of them, but somebody's going to have it. That's true. That bat doesn't agree with us either. I think he's just mad because he's supposed to be sleeping right now. We mm-hmm. are disturbing his peace. Making noise. Yeah, if all of that wasn't enough uh hamza you was it you one of you two? Oh, oh yeah I, I, yeah so a few years ago i heard about um a proposed introduction of digital plates in california where when you stopped they would start scrolling ads so the government since technically they own the plate they were going to sell ad space on your license plate they would get the revenue from it they would get the revenue yeah so ridiculous we're just like i'm so sick of trying to be sold things and well, on that note, let's go to ads. No, I'm <laughs> what, what would the government want to advertise on your license plate? Like, use the postal service. Yeah. Don't let this I mean, they they would probably just sell the space just yeah. like any digital yeah. uh, billboard, you know. Which is really funny because then they're kind of on the hook for any of the actions of any of the companies that they contract with. Right. Can you imagine if, like, you know, some company did it, like, some sort of lewd ad and it was on your car yeah and you got in trouble for it yeah like know? somebody's like hey you can't have that on your car like what's on my car i can't see it right <laughs> it's only there when i'm parked at a red light Ugh. Uh, you know no <laughs> <laughs> you know they would do that you know yeah. they would do that they would just i can't i nothing about this is good no, zero nothing. there's nothing no good Motor Trend shouldn't have even... They should have just right under the rug. We don't I think they, they wrote it so that we'd all get pissed off because police are the only people excited about this. They're so, like, oh, well, I'll know who to stop because their license plate turned orange. Right. So the thing I think is going to keep this from being very mainstream is I think it's all optional, of course, in uh, what's California, Arizona, and now Michigan. Because um, I'm from Michigan, and I know people complain up and down about how much they, Michigan charges for plates. And it's cheap. So people aren't going to pay more money to have a digital license plate. The only cool thing I can think of of having a digital license plate is, and they wouldn't do this, but if I could, like, customize it as a designer, like, the thing that I hate the most is the green and white Colorado license plate against my red car. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason. It is a stark I could, contrast. I could just be like, 
can I Christmas just get a themed. black Colorado license plate and I just do black on white? Yeah. Like, awesome. They do ruin the aesthetic, especially the front plates, because it clashes with the oh. front bumper. I don't well, front plate. I have you run a front plate. What, yeah, <laughs> Boulder County has given me three tickets <laughs> in three months for not having a a, a front plate. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Oof. I haven't paid them. I haven't. Okay. It's, it's a point. It's a, a point of uh, <laughs> stress for me. But I mean, uh, I, can they really do much with those? Yeah, I mean, if you don't pay them after a while. I mean, if you pay them, it's it's fifteen bucks for what it's worth in Boulder County. It's oh, fifteen totally bucks. It's yeah. nothing. It was a hundred dollars. It's a hundred in Denver. For Denver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And wow. which is why anytime I go downtown, I just park the car in a private lot, like a yeah. pay lot, and I'd rather pay the twenty bucks or whatever it is to park. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'd rather give a private company twenty bucks than the government, you know, a hundred bucks of extortion money. Literally, yeah. my exact <laughs> thinking. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that I remember I parked downtown and I like made sure I paid the meter and all that stuff, and I came out there with a ticket on my car. I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I looked, and yeah, it was a fucking yep. front plate front ticket. ticket. And the guy yeah. was like down the road, and I was I was ready to go and like yeah. chew that guy out. I was like, "What the fuck are you doing, man? Keeping the just working for the man? Yeah, keeping the people down, the man. Fucking, yeah. Come on. Uh, if I worked for the city, I'd just be like, "Oh, I didn't see any yeah. violations today. It's weird, right?" <laughs> It's like, I mean, it's weird. There's never any violations on your route. Yeah. I mean, do they get paid per violation? They're hourly employees. They got to be hourly yeah, employees. Well, I, I know no. traffic cops have ticket quotas that are unofficial because it's illegal in most states for them to have ticket quotas, right. but they'll get chewed out if they don't give out a number, certain number of tickets. Right. So I'm not sure if the meter maids have the same deal. Um, I, sure I assume not. if you just never gave out a ticket, they'd probably get suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, so then you find, like, the... Random street park to Aston Martin, <laughs> right? <laughs> or I don't know, G wagon. I say, yeah, you go down to Lodo, you can find a street park McLaren wrapped. Like this guy can afford it. Here you yeah. go. Yeah, I mean, and there's some things like, hey, if you're the meter's not paid, or you're double parked, sure. or you're some like in front of a fire hydrant. Yeah, sure, yeah, that's a valid citation. But yeah. a license plate is not part of the fucking parking no. thing. That's not your jurisdiction. But anyways. Everybody out there's just like, why don't you just run a front plate? Because it's ugly. It is. It's ugly. It terrible. It's so ugly. It's also, ugly. the GTI didn't come with mounting holes in the bumper for a front plate, and I'm not drilling into my bumper right. for a front plate. Like, for, it's just some, not for state compliance? Yeah. yeah. It's not worth it. Also, I learned uh, if you're like, oh, well, I don't want to drill a hole in my bumper, so I'll use the, oh, I'll use the, the tow, tow hook, hook thing. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that's illegal. It has to be in the factory location. No. Yes. The fact I the fact you're like 120 bucks. <laughs> I don't think anybody will give you a ticket for that, you know, but technically if they wanted to be shitty about it in the law it says it has to be in the factory location for the front plate. You can't use any sort of strange mounting location. You must drill holes in your bumper. Which also means like the mini trucks that like do the, like the license plate up on the tailgate, you know, sideways, that's also illegal. Yeah. It's not enough just to display the tag. It's got to, yeah, it's fucking. It's got to be straight because we're lazy. We don't want to look for it. Yeah, government officials are just. It's a bunch of people that don't know anything about cars making rules about cars. Well, and and it's the whole That's perspective of of states viewing driving as they they call it driving privileges. They say, well, this is a privilege. It's not a right. It's like no, fuck you. You built this with my tax dollars. Yeah, and also if it's a privilege, then you know make a public transportation system that's usable. Then hey, that's a valid critique. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Otherwise, it's a need because I need to get places. Right. Yeah. I need to get places. That's the way zoning works in America. You have to have a car. It took me two hours to get to work every morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like public transportation. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Um, man, we got on quite a rant right there. Yeah. But hey, it's government stuff, you know. I yeah. like to I like to rant about the government. We don't like the government. No, we no. don't. They're always telling us what we can't do with our cars. Actually, I, I mean, I've, I'm very liberal, but really. You guys got to get your shit together. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, it's not, it's not, you're not doing it right. Uh, all right. So that was the bad news. That was the ranting. Let's move on to some cool stuff. Uh, next week, we are going to Pikes Peak Hill Climb. It's our favorite weekend. The 100th Woo! running, man. The 100th running. Awesome. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a party man rod millen dayoshi hara is going to be back driving for turn 14 which i know we were concerned about after the 
all on its face event from last year. Right. And tons of Colorado drivers. Yes. Uh, Jonathan Newcomb's coming back. Uh, he is driven, uh, I think it was a front wheel drive Jetta. Okay. For Blue Water, maybe. I might be lying. And but he's coming back in a Honda. Okay. Nice. Cool. Civic. And Tommy Boyle will be back in the Camaro, right? Yep. Which uh, he, just, he just did great last year. Yeah, I mean, just last week he set like the fastest time in practice in the lower section. Oh, yeah, that's I awesome. I think he's setting up for a pretty good time. Yeah. yeah. It's really exciting. It was funny. I actually saw, like, I added him on Discord a long time ago from mm-hmm. back when we did our interview and stuff. But, and I saw he was playing uh, Dirt Rally 2.0 like a week ago. That's awesome. I'm like, oh, you're practicing the fucking hill <laughs> yeah, climb yeah. Dirt Rally. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, but the uh, other people that are coming to Pikes Peak Hill Climb, which they always do, is Acura. And this is going to be the motorsports debut of the Acura Integra. Yes. So we will actually get to see the new Integra in person in race livery uh, yeah. in one week from now. And you know what? I'm kind of hoping for um, what happened with the new WRX, where it just could not take a good photo. Yeah. Um, and then you see it, and it's not like it's pretty. but It's, it's not as bad as it looks in pictures. Exactly. Um, I'm hoping that the the Integra will have a better reception um, live than yeah. it did in, in in press junkets. This is off topic, kind of, but every time I see the WRX, the new one, all I can think about is they were just like it's just such a like they just phoned it in. They were like, mm-hmm. "What do we have left over? What about those uh, fender flares from the Outback?" Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like we, we can just, make this look like a cross track, right? Let's yeah, just they do just that. Toss them on there. Yeah. It's so annoying to me that like. Well, here's the thing though. I think, I think Subaru was actually right, not because they made a good car, but because they looked at all of their marketing and they brought out that new Outback Adventure or whatever it is. The, oh, uh, oh, the Wilderness Edition. The Wilderness Dude, Edition. Yeah. Okay, that yeah. thing is dope. <laughs> yeah, and they're everywhere. Right, they are. Everywhere. Well, and they had the Onyx Edition before that, and. You couldn't find an Onyx edition anywhere in I Colorado. I love the gold accents over where like the tow hook should be. Right. No, I, how much taller is it than the normal one? Because it looks lifted, but it's still sitting on like think, the same size tire. So it, like, I think it's nine point something inches because the the Subaru's whole thing is eight point seven inches of ground clearance. That's insane. That's their whole brand. It's a yeah. fucking station wagon. Right? It's like right. Oh well, actually, it's got the ride height of like a. Uh, an older Jeep, Chevy honestly. Colorado yeah. or something. <laughs> like, well, when we used to sell Subarus, they would we would talk about that. They're like, well, the only thing we all have eight point seven inches of ground clearance, and the only thing bigger is the Wrangler at nine point five. <laughs> so it that's is like so Wrangler cr- ground clearance. Yeah, that's yeah. Wrangler level ground clearance. That's crazy. Yeah, but I do think that's just where Subaru is going. They're going towards this off road trend, which is which is fine, yeah. and it should like it, it should. Okay, so as far as the WRX is concerned, like. Yes, I totally agree. Like, it is a rally. Like, it, it's a rally car. World rally, yeah. right? Like, yeah. that's that's it's in the name. It's, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I get it. I love it. It's it's just that like, you, it's the last hurrah of the WRX before Subaru goes full electric, right? Like, right. Yeah. Give it something. Just just put. I mean, they they've killed the STI, so really all we have left is a WRX. Yep. Yeah. They could have done instead of the stupid. Fender flares, they could have done, or I don't know, flares, just no, like they're, covers. They're, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's just like a plastic plastic molding. Fender. Yeah. yeah. They could have, give us better suspension. Give us like actually like like dirt, you know, rally gravel tune suspension. Like a rally lift? Yeah. Not, not, not even a lift, a just lift. like some, yeah, like inverted struts yeah. or something. Okay. Remember, That's like, it. The STI used to come with inverted struts. Yeah, that would have been amazing. And Again, I just feel like it's a weird, like, they just phoned it in. They were like, and, and I do agree with you, Matt. Like, for, for, for what it's worth, like, I totally think that's exactly what they did. They were like, well, this is the way that our market is going, so we're going to cater to it. But right. your market is 77-year-old. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Who have never. The, the, the guys who buy Outbacks and Foresters yeah. are not the WRX market. No. Like, that's that's a different group. But also, of I think the WRX market is just kind of disappearing because cars are getting too expensive. They are. They're getting really expensive. Like what, you know, even mid, hell, I'm mid thirties and I'm not going to go buy a brand new car. No. In this economy? Yeah. Like it's, no, no way. Yeah. I mean, money's worth less and less every day. Yeah. I don't know. I would buy, and this is just because we're about to talk about this, but neither of the two cars that they're bringing to Bikes Peak, I would definitely buy a TLX. Oh, they are bringing a TLX. Yeah. No, that's the TLX. The TLX. If I was going to buy any single one brand new car to do everything right now, it would be a TLX Type X. 
S, Type S. Oh, the yeah. Type S is probably one of my favorite, like, current. It's such sporty, a sleeper. Sporty car. Yeah, it's, it's all wheel gorgeous. drive. Yeah. I mean, I see it's them It's got a J down. series in it still. Turbo right? J series. Turbo J Dude, series. Wow. All wheel drive, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, 355 horsepower, all wheel drive. You cannot go. It's the, got the only thing speed, it's missing right? is a third yeah. pedal. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know what? For a daily, for a daily, I'm fine not having the third pedal, honestly. Because I've been in traffic with the manual my entire life. And I'm at this point, I'm like, all right, this, is, this isn't fun. <laughs> you know, I'm not more engaged with my car right now. Your line is weak. <laughs> I, love, I don't know. I don't mind at all. Yeah, I, I, I like the total well. immersion. I have an easy drive. I, I like the total immersion of the clutch pedal. I will say in traffic, it can get old. Um, anyways, what the fuck are we talking about? Acura. <laughs> uh, yes, they're bringing the Integra, a TLX Type S, and a NSX all, you know, prepped, of course, um, because Acura is always out there. And yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what times all these cars do. We'll see what the Integra does. I mean, if it holds up pretty well, like, you know, maybe maybe it'll show off that it's a, a real performance car. Probably not, though. I just love seeing the manufacturer participation in this event. Um, when you see these big teams come out, you know, I love seeing the local guys too, but I love seeing the big teams come out because it, it really kind of makes, you know, it, it puts the event on the map. Yeah. Porsche has a huge, uh, showing mm -hmm. every yeah. year. And yeah. I, I mean, they have their year, own, they have a, like a cup, right? Like, yeah, they always do. They're like yeah, spec yeah. series. Is yeah. Tanner Faust still driving for him this year? I don't know. I didn't see him on the, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. He might be, he might be sitting this one out. Uh, Rob or was it Rob? What's his name? He used to. He was driving the uh, Blue Water car. Oh, he's not coming back. Oh, he's 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 coming back with Porsche, yeah. not with Blue Water. Yeah, yeah exactly. sorry. He's okay. driving Rob, the... Rob Holland. Rob Holland. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, oh, oh, that was the other cool thing that we saw at HPR. Uh, they were testing the Audi for the hill climb, the front wheel drive Audi that they will be racing this weekend. Oh, that's so we cool. were. Oh my gosh, that that needs like a whole segment of its own. <laughs> it really does. I mean, shit, we need to get those guys out here. If they like, yeah, what? If, if they can bring that car out here, we can get some a walk around of it. Uh, if you should check out the Religion of Speed Instagram, I got photos. I'm gonna post that tonight. I took a bunch of photos of that car because it's just it's so awesome. I'm not I'm not an Audi fan. People know that. I'm not a Volkswagen yeah. Audi fan, but that thing is just sick. Yeah, maybe, it's great. maybe uh, maybe uh, have you, you guys talked to them? Are you like cool with them? I mean, oh, yeah, the guy yeah. that was testing it at the track installed the intercooler on the GTI last week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, maybe we could stick a GoPro in it next week if we're lucky enough. Oh, that would be I awesome. Mean, I mean, I'm sure they're going to have footage in, inside that car. Yeah, yeah but, but you footage. know. Yeah, we need our own. I don't know. Yeah, we can talk to I don't know. I mean, I'm uh, sure The we'll driver isn't technically the guy who was testing it at High Plains. Um, I don't know the driver. Um, obviously, we kind of know Rob Holland from last year, but um, we know Alex... Mm. who's the driver who was testing it at the track um i mean yeah we can we can try yeah we yeah, can see great. that'd be freaking awesome yeah uh it's good to have connections um we were talking briefly there about like all the local people running in pike speed this is like probably my favorite story is uh, uh ralph murdoch is going to be racing i'm not i didn't even see what car he's running uh he's 82 years old he lives at the foot of pike's peak he's been he's raced this race multiple times uh, mechanic his whole life, and he is now competing in the hundredth running of the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb. Uh, oldest person to ever uh, race up the race up the mountain. It's like 82. a real life Bunta, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> like I want to be this guy. Yeah. Like eighty two and still racing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that. That man you is don't my retire from racing. <laughs> No, you don't. Like, it's no, just you don't. like being a mechanic. You'd retire in a coffin. Yeah. Well, yeah. In, in this case, the car is usually your coffin. Well, yeah. right. <laughs> this, this car is definitely a coffin. A fucking an IROC Camaro. That yeah, is. What year is it? It's a '91 IROC Camaro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh no my god. Way. Are there photos? '91 IROC. There's just only this one little photo of the car in the background. So I mean, it looks like a fully prepped circle. It's the track first car, car I ever drove. It's a 91 IROG Z28. Really? Yep. That's an interesting first car to drive. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we're going to show. This guy's he's 82 years old. He's been around the block multiple times. He's racing up Pikes Peak. He's the coolest guy in the world. We're going to show up with this tiny fucking microphone <laughs> and be a bunch of weirdos <laughs> interviewing him. Uh, that's how we roll, though. That is how we roll or memorable that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, he won't remember because he's 82. <laughs> oh. As long as he, sorry, as long as he knows to this episode. <laughs> where to turn, as long as he knows the, the layout of the course. Right. That's all that matters. 
Oh man, this could get dark quickly. Yeah, let's let's not. We don't Stop. need to go back to talking about. Well, this is actually a great segue. Ooh, into look at that. The, the Huni Pegasus. Oh right. Because there. I'm pretty sure Ken Block's gonna die in that thing. <laughs> did you? Okay. Did you watch the video of them testing at Pueblo? That no. everyone gonna post it. I only saw the photos that like Mike Rogers took. He or, spun out, or he, we spun out once and went off track like multiple times. No, I. I'm really ca- concerned that for car, your safety. Well, the handling characteristics of a custom all-wheel drive 911. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. It's rear engine, so it has the pendulum effect. Yep. It's also rear engine, which makes it understeer. It's also all-wheel drive, which also makes it understeer. It's so, gonna go from understeer. It, you yeah. can see it in the video. It went from. It would go from understeering to like, uh, kind of snap over steer. He catch it. He honestly did a great job catching it every time. Yeah. Which you could tell us from his rally experience. Yeah, I mean, he drove in WRC. Right. Uh, but he still went off track. And, you know, at Pueblo, that's not a big deal. You're in the dirt. Uh, on the mountain, <laughs> yeah, that's bigger much deal. Bigger deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm, it's 14, so it's a 1,400 horsepower all-wheel drive flat four, right? Flat no, six. Flat six. Flat six. Yeah. My bad. Twin turbo. I don't know why I said flat four. Please forgive me. Um, <laughs> Fourteen hundred horsepower of a flat four. And so, so when they That's did the, the 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 unicorn video on the mountain, that was that thing only had eleven hundred horsepower, right? I thought it made fourteen then. I couldn't. It, tell there you were there exactly. were two different. I think there were two stages of that car. That car originally I think made eight or nine hundred when they did the LA video, and then and then they had the turbos popping. Maybe out it the made hood. eleven or it was either eleven or fourteen. I think it was 14 by the time it made it up the mountain. I mean, but the balance of that car is way different than like we were talking about right. because right. of the, the place it's got a front longer, engine. Yeah, it's, it's front mid engine. Oh, yeah. right. So it's it's an ideal setup. Yeah, and, and but not only that, but even in that car, I mean, if you watch the making of, like they they had so much room and time to plan things out. This mm-hmm. is, I mean, they're they're testing at at. Pueblo, right? Like, yeah. I, I get it. Like, it's it's about as close as you can get to the mountain. But, like, you're also at totally different temperatures. Like, like the, the tire like the tires are going to be behaving completely differently. So, Well, I'm sure this week he's out there testing on the totally. mountain right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. And, and I've seen photos um, of him um, up there. I'm, all I'm saying is that, like, you have, like, it's a completely different environment. And, and on race day... I mean, it's a completely we, different environment by the minute. By the right, right. we saw right. It, it last year. I mean, it was like last year it was dry where we were, raining halfway up the mountain and hailing at the top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, no. Like when we camped there, like the two years we camped there, it hailed briefly at the campsite each time. Yeah, you know. The only saving grace here is that with with something like Climb Kana, I mean, he's that's style points. You know, this is grip driving. It's much different. Um, you know, where, yes, they had time to prepare those shots and to get, you know, to do it again and again and again. They're going for style points. It's not th- – this, I think, I think that since he's focused on grip driving, he'll probably survive. Yeah. I hope so. I think so. I, I do, too, obviously. I, I mean, no, I'm I mean, just, I know he'll survive, but, you know. I mean, no, honestly, I'm, I'm more concerned about this, this, this car is – like they posted in the video, they didn't have the engine. Like when they got to Pueblo, it's the first time it started ever. So yeah. like this car is just, it's kind of rushed. And that's my only concern is that he's not going to have enough time to get to know the car and stuff like that. That That's where, that's where accidents happen is when you, you're going into the unknown. Yeah. Um, Cause Ken Block is actually a really good driver. I know he, people kind of made fun of him when he first got into uh rally and stuff like that. Yeah, you know. I, which was crazy, right? It was like, well, he's placing last. It's like he's placing last in World Rally Championship. Right. He's, and, he's up against the best drivers in the world. If he's 28th, he's 28th in the world. Yeah, and he didn't really start driving until he was, like, older than us. Right, So right. Like, you, you never know because of the DC gear, but yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I, I totally think that he's a great driver, and I just, that car just seems like a handful is all, so... Yeah, that's. I mean, that's all I'm saying is that yeah. the car seems like it's a lot. There's a yeah. lot of variables in a car yeah. like that. They're tr- yeah. they're trying crazy stuff with it, like you said, with the GPS mm-hmm. activated ride height. Yeah, right. Which isn't yeah. new. It's not new, but it's like crazy, like technology. I mean, well, especially when you're doing it custom like that. Like it's not new for OEM or for even like a team built, you know, like race F1 car. team or something. Right, but this is you know this is just a Pikes Peak car being built. Yeah, how you well know? is GPS going to work at a 10,000 feet. That's true. <laughs> I mean, GPS works wherever. 
Yeah, it's closer how, to the satellite. Well, it depends on yeah, how good you are. It's closer to the satellite. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. That's uh, a good point. Uh, I just mean like, I mean, we we have our own GPS issues. Obviously, they're not going to be using a one gigahertz GPS receiver. Yeah, I would hope they like, get like something a little more expensive, a little more a, robust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We're using an iPhone. <laughs> you know what'd be hilarious if they were using an iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know, it works. Harry's lap timer on Pike's Peak. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. That's funny to me. <laughs> Anyways, good luck, Ken Block. Can't yeah, wait yep. to see the car. Good luck. Can't wait to see it. And and Reese is going to be back too, right? Yeah. Yeah, Reese is going to be is driving he, something. Is, is he going to be driving yeah, for Bentley again this year? I, I'm not sure. I didn't see what he's driving because oh. Rod's coming back, of course. And, with and Paul, Paul Girard is there. Um, oh, Paul Girard's there? Yeah. The, the Stig. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. What's he driving? Wait, which, which Some Stig crazy was crazy-ass, like prototype uh, was he the the post ben collins he, stick i think he was the original he was the original stick he's the oh. original stick wait yeah. the black stick what because the stick used to have a black suit yeah oh, oh, gotta, oh. <laughs> i was like i'm sorry what i thought you were talking I about knew what that, you meant the stig's african cousin <laughs> we were doing an episode with the with anyway. oh god talking about the one they killed by driving the jaguar off the end of the aircraft carrier he wrote he wrote um over What's the book? It's the I have it saved in my Amazon yeah, account, but um, I don't remember what it is. Optimum Drive. Okay, I think yeah. it's like the it's you know it's like a driving textbook. If you haven't read it, oh okay, you uh, he did a, yeah. a, a good uh, data driven podcast. I'm going to plug a different podcast on our podcast. Uh, the data driven podcast is by a guy in I think he's in Australia, but he's originally British. Uh, but this guy does data acquisition for race cars, and he has people come on. Uh, but he had him on the show, and it, it was a great show. He talked about his whole career coming up through Top Gear and uh, stuff like that. And uh, that is also a great podcast if you're into driving. It, he has people on that will give you really good advice on car setup and driving. So that, I'm just going to plug him real quick. That's uh, cool. Data-driven podcast. is a it, It's a good one. Um, not that I probably should be plugging other podcasts, but they're hey, not plugging us. I'm okay with spreading the love. That's true. You, might, you never know. Yeah, you never they might know. be listening. If we mention the dollop enough, they might mention us one day. Right? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they hate cars. Although, uh, uh, what's his name? Shoot. The host. What are the two hosts? Uh, Dave shit. Anthony and um, Gareth Reynolds. Yes. Gareth, Gareth Reynolds was on the Smoking Tire podcast. Really? Yeah. It was really weird because Gareth knows nothing about cars. He drives a Prius. That's hilarious because he, he used to be a valet. Yeah. He did talk about that. Yeah. But I was just like, this is a weird get for the... Uh, smoking tire podcast because there the, wasn't much car talk. Well, the dollop is just so big now. Yeah, it is. Uh, another great podcast. Uh, depressing though. If you want to talk, we're talking about more government Depressingly stuff. Depressingly hilarious. You know, it's not depressing. Uh, Honda Civic race cars. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I was trying to find the transition. You did it for me. Uh, I was like, shit, we're talking about weird stuff. Uh, yes. So Honda. Uh, is kind of redeeming themselves uh, for their Acura charades with the Integra. With the new Civic. I'm not a huge fan of the new Civic, if I'm being honest. It's too big, in my opinion. We yeah. saw one out at the Concourse, mm -hmm. Denver Concourse. I'm like, this isn't a cord-sized car. Um, but uh, they are still working on the new Type R, which we'll get to in a second. But this is what I'm actually more excited for, is the Honda Civic Si factory race car for $55,000. Yeah, so it's not surprising, because when I was at K-Series, one of the things that um, the owner there had me looking at was purchasing an, an HPD SI for development at the shop, right? Oh, so, that's cool. Um, so 55000 is actually, I, I'm surprised it's, that was the price that they were offering the 10th gen in, and they were like, we have some left over, like if you guys want. Oh, really? The, the thing is, is this comes with a bunch of stuff on it from a, a lot of different vendors that we had worked with, and the reason what like why it, drives up the price or all these parts and i was like well we could just buy like a like a body in white and just yeah. put these parts on, on there by ourselves but right. they weren't offering the bare chassis anymore mm. um so the this is so cool though like i love that they're still doing this the 11 i think the 11th gen looks gorgeous compared to the 10th gen, but yeah. it, it does this look is good a, this is a good looking car <laughs> yeah. I, this yeah. looks better than the integra in my, and it's the same thing really oh yeah. yeah yeah that's way better than the integra and this yeah. is the 1.5 uh, power plant, yeah, same uh, yes. as the, same one, as the thing that's yep. in the Integra. Okay, the same one five turbo. Um, which 
is a really stout engine. I mean, for what it's worth. I mm-hmm. mean, it's 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 small, but whatever. I mean, we're we're seeing like. I'm running a one six. You right, know, right. So, yeah. I've done this. Yeah, with the yeah. Vosser, like we're well, seeing yeah, what the Corolla is doing. The cylinder and the yeah. Corolla, yeah. So whatever. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna haul ass, and um, I think it looks good. I I know what you just you said. It looks big. I, I've actually never seen it in person, but in, from photos, I think it looks way better than the 10th gen. I just if it's if it's as big as an Accord or that's that is really going away from what the Civic's heart is like. Right, it's it's bigger than an old Accord, but if you look at a new Accord, it looks pr- appropriately sized. It's just well, cars yeah. are getting bigger, which sucks. Yeah, yeah I know that, that's my thing. I'm so gigantic now. Yeah, like, I'm comparing it to like yeah '90s Accords for sure. Well, it's like I look at Jelly Bean and I'm like, that's an appropriately sized hatchback, but right. you know the standard is really the Focus, which looks just fucking fat. Yeah, yeah it does. It's know? huge. So I, this to me. I don't know. Here's the question. The real question is, do you do you fucking tool around in this SI race car for 50 grand or do you pay the markup on a GR Corolla? Or do you <laughs> Two go different, and get an it's, M2 manual for 52 or a Supra? Eh, it's different though. I bet this I mean like it just depends on what you want to do. I mean that's yeah, obviously it, this is this is this a race is a car. race car. It comes caged, right? Yeah, exactly. Which is, this, this, is, this is completely different. Yeah, yeah full, you're right. You're right. Full certified cage. Yeah. You know, you can you show up at the racetrack and you're you're safe. You're legal, and you're classed for multiple. Like you can you can take this to Pirelli World Challenge, and as long as you're a, a you know, like a book driver or whatever, you can. Yeah. you're ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Lock booked. Comes something. factory with Hasport engine mounts. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, so so that's what I was saying. Like yeah. we we looked at the list of parts, and I was like, we sell this stuff here. Yeah. Why would we buy this car and pay the markup when we could get you know a frame and do this well and yeah and k-series was all about the social media content at the time that's yeah. that's that's this whole series of videos like installing all the parts that we sell on this race car yeah uh, you just i mean my yeah cusco diff yeah cusco diff borla exhaust yeah tune dcu epa don't listen to that one um <laughs> no this is a badass like i would i would just street drive this car there, there is some stuff though it looks like that isn't isn't just bolt-on stuff like uh HPD fortified manual transmission with a strengthened fourth gear, which apparently you need. Yeah, I guess I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, the fourth gears are notorious to go for going out on these. Oh, really? Yeah. If it's the same transmission, right from yeah, because the, 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 the K series yeah. had the same problem. Well, those, yeah. those, the third gears usually like you can never fucking bang third in the Z3 six speeds. But oh, maybe. yeah, you would know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, huh, that, that's interesting. But it does seem like there's more than just it, this. Isn't just a Civic with a bunch of bullshit bolted. No, in. HPD did a bunch of stuff. Yeah, like they, I mean, they they developed the car, so they were like um, just twenty six hundred pounds. Yeah, that's four. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. huge weight that, savings. You yeah. can't that's buy that. So you can't light. buy that. No, that is, that is very light. It still only makes about the same two hundred ish horsepower. You're not getting a big power upgrade, but you know, like we said, this is this isn't meant to be like a time attack car. This is meant for a Pirelli World uh, Championship mm-hmm. or you know, actual racing series where. They have power to weight limits or something, some sort of thing set in place like that. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know. For for fifty five grand, that's a lot of money. But like, if you want to go racing, yeah, that's I, a that's ready to go. Yeah, that's a yeah, bargain. Honestly. Out of the box. I can't think of many other race series you can get into. I mean, of course, I mean this is something as a shop you'd be able to afford. Like, yeah, yeah. like fifty five thousand dollars. I can throw fifty five thousand dollars. You know, fire one of my lube techs or whatever. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, put your branding on there. Go out racing. Yeah. And, you when know. you factor in like a trailer and consumables and, you know, you're, oh, yeah. you're, you're it, probably, it's not too bad, but like, yeah, this is something that like arguably a couple of people with decent average incomes that want to go racing could afford to do. Yeah. yeah. Like we could theoretically we, have I, a race car. You I know? could do this if I wanted to just like work the rest of my life. So instead of a $55,000 Civic Si, you could also, you're probably going to pay a little bit more, but you could go out and get the new Type R when that comes out. Uh, Honda has been testing out at the Nürburgring, and they promise, they're like, hey, listen, new Type R is coming. We're, we're going to continue working on it, which is actually a good thing. It's like, um, I think, who was it? It was the, I can't remember his name. You, you'll remember, the guy who uh, made Mario and Zelda. For Nintendo, I can't remember. Yeah, no, I know. I, just... uh, I can't remember his name either. Mizaki. Anyways, he did an interview one time, and he's like, a a delayed game, a video game is good. A rushed game is uh, never good. Or delayed game could be good. You know. Are you listening, Game Freak? 
<laughs> right? Game Freak doesn't care. Uh, but this is kind of the case, I think, with the Type R, too. It's like, yes, it's taking a little bit longer, maybe, to come out to production, but it means they're working on it, you know? They're going to make it good. Uh, I do think, even with the camo on it, this new Type R looks a lot better than the our first-gen Type R that we got here in America, personally. It just it looks more just like a nice car. Honestly, I like the camo. I wouldn't mind wrapping my car that. Oh, you know somebody's going to do that. I think that the looks were really the only problem with the Type R. It's probably one of the greatest front-wheel, yeah. if not the greatest front-wheel drive car ever made. I mean, so. it's a little big, but yeah, you're right. The biggest problem is dealers know that people are willing to pay an arm and a leg for it. And people yeah. during COVID are paying $70,000 for these things, which is which I'm sorry is too much to pay for a new Civic. Like yeah. I love the Type R. I love Hondas, but that's way too much to charge, and it's not because of the car. It's because of dealer greed. Um. But the K20C1 is an awesome power plant. And I'm hoping to talk to Dai uh, about his K20C1 uh, A86. I saw a video, it was like months ago, about them getting that car like up and running. They actually got it working. Yeah. Awesome. It was quite a few months ago. So they, they kind of toned down the front end on the new Type R. What else, um, what else is different? I, I feel like the, the profile, like it still looks yeah, very it, similar. It's yeah, just... I mean, it's the same chassis. You know, it's a, it's a mid uh midway refresh more than anything it's like a, a facelift facelift yeah jinx <laughs> <laughs> so you know the back end's new with oh, a new yeah, wing yeah. uh front end's new i'm pretty sure they're changing up a lot of stuff in the suspension the engine i don't think is going to be too much changed it's still about 300 horsepower uh the brakes are bigger i hope they address the cooling issue so it had an overheating issue yeah that i think they might have addressed that honestly after the, the first couple mm -hmm. years uh but yeah they were having some overheating issues uh, I guess, yeah, better brakes because they were, I can't imagine they were running into brake problems with those giant 20-inch fucking wheels and the giant brakes behind yeah. them. But 20-inch wheels on a Civic, that is just, that's, that's a lot of wheels. I mean, I remember when 20-inch wheels on a Civic was the thing to do, but it was like, you know. Not on, I mean, but you, you'll get it on an on a EG or an EK and it's ridiculous. But yeah, The fact exactly. that it looks like at home on this is I it still, just says a lot about the size of the car, like we were talking about earlier. It really does. I still think they're way too... Like, I just saw one the other... Not the one at the track, but uh, just saw one driving around. And the tire is just... It's like a 25 series tire or something. It's so thin. I'm just like, I can't imagine driving that around Denver. I'd bend every single one of those wheels in a week. When I was at K-Series, I actually helped a guy who bought a new Type R and was he wanted more tire. Was it... So his I, name Phil? Uh, he called in. I can't remember. I, Steve would yell at me if I spent too much time on the phone. Um, <laughs> but he, he called in, and he was just like, I need more tire. And I was like, oh, sure, dude. I'll help you find some 18s. So, yeah, we, we had to find him the right set of aftermarket 18s, and then I helped calculate the right size tire for him. Yeah. Um, I think an 18 with some sticky rubber is the way to go on a, right, a Type R. Right. Yeah, and he was looking to do it for snow tires. Um, because I imagined you just couldn't put snow tires on one of these 20 inch wheels. I don't, I, well, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody Pirelli, makes them. Pirelli, yeah. For Pirelli sure. makes it. Yeah, of course. Uh, but it's definitely not the way to go and not, not cheap. No, not at all. Um, but I am curious to see whenever this Nürburgring lap time gets properly set with the type R cause it does hold the front wheel drive record right now. Doesn't it? Um, kind of, but it was in like a caged car. Oh, of course. Oh, so okay. they cheated. Yeah, because that's that. Yeah, that's what it's they. It's not do. a production car, like, <laughs> right? Like you just take the car as is. You can put some stickies on it because you don't want to die. Right, that's fine. Right, but you're you're caging the car. You've got a seat. You, it's a little. You're different. you're changing it up. Like, yeah. doesn't matter if the weight is similar or whatever. You're you're still changing. You're it. changing the rigidity of the chassis when, right. at that point, right? Like, that's a given. But I think the seat is actually probably a bigger one than people might realize that don't drive yeah. around circuits at all. Is that like changing your seat from a factory seat to a bucket to something where your 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 ass can really feel what's happening and the yeah. momentum shifts to the car. That's that's yes. that might almost be a bigger advantage in chassis rigidity given the driver. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, because the driver gets to stay in one place. Yeah. Well, the first time I took my 240 out to IMI, my left arm was bruised because I kept beating myself against the door panel. My uh, right now my my right uh, knee, like right right here, just under on the right side of my knee. Where you're bracing it, yourself on the dash. Yeah, on the yeah. on the the like, on center. The, oh the yeah, tunnel. yeah, on the tunnel. Thank you. Um, yeah, it hurts. It literally hurts right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, from from Thursday. So I believe it. 
Because yeah. you had a bracing, you don't even like kind of realize you're doing it. Yeah. You know? Well, because you're trying to keep your head up, right? You're trying yeah. to stay straight. So you, you're like everything that you can do. I mean, the first time I ever went to High Plains Raceway, my obliques were sore because I was fighting the G's to try and stay like upright. Uh, you know, and that's probably because I'd never been on a track before, but like. And ordered the gym. <laughs> fair. That's fair. That's fair. Burn. Oh, but um, no, I, I, I agree. And then like, uh, with the Fiesta, that's one of the reasons I bought the Fiesta because those Recaros actually hold my skinny ass in place, which I have never sat in a factory equipped, uh, seat in any car that actually holds me properly. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Cause you've, you've got, you're a really thin dude. Right. Cause usually they're, even their buckets, just, I still slosh around in them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I can barely cram myself into Iggy's bucket seat. Oh yeah, that that's like a small Jeg's bucket. I barely fit in that thing. It's re- medium, I think. Yeah, that thing's ridiculously it squeezes small. Squeezes me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, I need to get plates for that. I still I keep forgetting. <laughs> like I just always forget. Yeah, if you don't buy them soon, they'll be digital. <sighs> yeah, right. They're gonna start tracking <laughs> this car. Yeah. That'd be the most complex piece of technology on the car. <laughs> be ridiculous. All right, it is getting warm in here, and the cheese is flowing through me, unfortunately, <laughs> so we need to wrap this up. Uh, guys, this was, this was a really good one. Uh, I appreciate you guys coming out, and uh, next one, hopefully, we will be doing live, maybe? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll record it live from Pike's Peak. Of course, it won't air till after that, but right. we will bring, we're, we're going to bring the setup. We're going to talk about the track day on Saturday, probably before race day, which will be after Fan Fest. So we'll we'll have had a chance to look at the cars out there. We'll have had a chance to be on track a little bit. And then, of course, uh, you know, on the following episode, we'll talk about the recap of race day. But uh, we will definitely be coming to you live-ish from Pikes Peak. Yeah, live-ish. So That's what we should call the podcast, live-ish. Li- live-ish from Pikes Peak, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for all your Pikes Peak content uh we will have lots of stuff coming up and if you want to make sure you uh see that when it comes out uh you can always follow us on instagram and facebook at religionspeed.co religionspeed.com is where you can find pretty much everything we're doing um and youtube.com slash religionspeed actually i don't know if we have that url just search for religionspeed on youtube because you gotta have like so many subscribers to get an actual like name on there otherwise it's just a bunch of letters and numbers uh but just search you know google is your friend um and i think that's pretty much all i have so uh chris you want to take us out i'd like to thank the band wheels for the use of our theme song colors you can hear it on the album traveler part one and you can find them at wheels the band at bandcamp.com all right heretics that's going to do it for us today thanks for joining us and until next time peace out peace